0: Welcome back. Today I'm going to be talking about a topic which deals with my own experience in working in education uh, and how that experience has kind of informed how I think about issues today. So one of the most frustrating things that I encountered while I was working in education was basically learning that there is no quick fix for students who have been let down by the American school system. When I say this, I'm referring mostly to the fact that the average student of color receives about 2600 fewer dollars in education investment every year than the average white student. And so if you accumulate this over the course of their educational career, well, let's say up to 10th grade, since we can still you know, invest more at that point. That means they're about $26,000 in debt at, t- at, t- at 10th grade. Um, and when you account for ROI, which is to say that you get a larger return on investment for a student when you invest educational dollars at an early age than a late age, when you account for this, essentially we'll need to invest about $100,000 into a student at 10th grade to get them caught up to their peers if we've underinvested them by $26,000. So the average student of color therefore needs about $100,000 in investment at 10th grade in order to get quote unquote caught up with their white students. Um, this is a lot of money. <laughs> I think it's useful to imagine how this funding gap developed at some point 10 years ago, there was some administrative meeting. And at this meeting, somebody said, Hey, we have this underfunded school. It is serving largely students of color. Um, and if we don't fix the funding gap, then in 10 years, we're gonna have a big problem, but unfortunately the funding gap persisted probably due to budget issues combined with some amount of bias. And now here we are 10 years later. I'm pretty sure that this administrator didn't say, hey, there's this funding gap, let's make sure we fix this in 10 years. It was like, no, this is an urgent situation. If we don't fix this funding gap now, then in 10 years, it will be irreversible. But I feel like often the way we approach educational issues, especially when it comes to educational equity, is imagining that indeed, this is what the administrator said, that for some reason, even though it was urgent 10 years ago to invest money in this student, we can somehow make up for the fact that we didn't through providing better teachers or fixing school facilities or uh, investing more in remedial classes. But again, we should have to invest about $100,000 to make up for that gap, and we just don't have that money. We don't even have $50,000 per student, let alone hundred. So. I think that this is is a, a tough reality to accept, but it's an important one because once we accept this reality, we accept that we are too late for these students, we can accept that what too late really means is that we're too late to create the vision that we originally had for them. It doesn't mean we're too late to achieve the results we want. It's just too late to use the original strategies we envisioned. If, when a student reaches 10 grade, tenth grade, if we you know have a hundred thousand dollar educational debt that we owe them, probably not great to continue investing in you know the same old remedial math, English, and history courses. Probably at that point, we need to try a new strategy. And so, my own experience with this was essentially that I tried a new strategy with um, low income students in Oakland, where instead of investing in additional remedial classes um, for students who are at risk of failing, we had the students essentially learn how to become entrepreneurs. We had them create products and sell them on the streets of Oakland. And that is definitely not (laughs) uh, directly helping them achieve higher test scores. But the result was that many of these students said that they finally saw the point of school for the first time. And their engagement in other classes improved as a result. And as a result, their grades improved. So we basically reimagined the vision for these students. It was no longer a vision where they achieved the same high test scores as their peers who'd received better funding. It was no longer a vision where they even went to college alongside the peers Receive better funding. The vision was that these students would make money on their own independently. And the goal of school is not to go to college and not to get by better test scores. The goal of school is to create happy, healthy people who can contribute to society. I think that's you know, there's many people who say different goals for school, but to me that's the goal for school, and you'll find that written in a couple of places outside of this podcast. And I think that creating happy, healthy students is probably even better to teach them entrepreneurship than to have them work towards high test scores. So all that is to say that while it is reasonable to say we don't want to just shift the goalposts for students who have been underinvested, we can, I think, take different strategies and achieve the same results in the end. And I think actually this learning now I'm realizing applies to a lot of problems that we're encountering today. I think we're actually too late for a lot of issues, at least too late, again, to accomplish the results we want with the original strategies we had envisioned. I don't think that Al Gore said in uh, in An Inconvenient Truth, you know, global warming is happening and we need to wait 20 years to fix it. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure he said we need to fix this right now, or there'll be a big problem. And to assume that we can just use now the same strategies that Al Gore envisioned to get there, we can just cut, you know, reduce our carbon emissions through switching to electric vehicles slowly and um and like you know turning off the lights, <laughs> to assume that we can use those those same strategies to achieve um the results that he envisioned 20 years later is, I don't know, I guess a little bit disrespectful to him. He said this was really urgent then and we ignored him. And so you'd think we'd have to do something different now. And I think the same thing goes for, for racial injustice. I don't think Martin Luther King said, hey, like things are really messed up. Let's make sure we fix this in 2020. Like The same strategies that MLK and his contemporaries used to promote racial justice probably won't work today because it's been a long time and we still haven't fixed this problem. So I think we're going to need different vision, a different strategy for how we're going to achieve a country that has justice for all the races. Um, anyway, I don't know what that strategy is. So if you have any ideas, please leave it in a comment uh, and I'll see you next time.